Well, hey there, and welcome to The Post, a Redemption Church podcast. I'm your host for today, J.P. Gaylord. We've got a great show for you today. We have been invaded. And before you start thinking we've been invaded by Russians, North Koreans, political ideologies, or crazy aliens, I don't know, could be a lot of things. We have been invaded by children here in the office. Children who are still on summer break. Uh, So we are joined by none other than John Gaylord. Hi, guys. Abby Gaylord. Hello. And we have with us, as always, Josh Dovey. How's everybody doing this week? And Justin Kemmer. Countdown to the end of summer. Countdown to the end of summer. Now, Justin, no. you're lobbying for summer actually ending September 20th, I think is the date you threw out, right? Well, you know, just when it comes to the actual season. Okay. Just trying to keep everybody optimistic. Knowing that that's actually my birthday, September 20th, it's hard to think that I have a summer birthday. You know what I mean? I never think like that. Uh, September 19th. There you go. Uh, well, that's great. Is there still time to get it on the ballot for November? No. No. <laughs> Unfortunately. I think all the Michigan primaries were yesterday. Yeah, it's too bad. All right. Well, uh, on the show today, we are going to have uh, a little Would You Rather as presented by the kids. And then we're going to have a time of pastoral mailbag where they get to ask you guys questions and you have to answer the questions and make it relatable to an 11-year-old and a 13-year-old. So, you guys ready? We were born ready. (laughs) That was a fair amount of hesitation. But I think we're just going to have to dive into it. And with that, let's turn it over to the kids. Would you rather be chased by a stampede or by a creepy clown? You say clown? So I said, okay. Um, what is the stampede of? Um, it could be like cows, like giant cows. I choose the cows. I choose the clown. I'm not afraid of clowns. I think I can outrun cows. I guess I I'm not sure how fast the cow run. is. I can outrun the clown too. I promise. Yeah, I don't need to see any clowns though. What what kind of creepy is it? It's like um, Pennywise, if, if you know what I mean. Okay. So like with it would chase you to your house. Your okay. Yeah, I don't I don't want yeah. anything to do with a clown. So sharp teeth and wielding a knife. Yep. With and, a red and, balloon and makeup. Doesn't, so doesn't scare me. Serial killer clown. Yes. Yes. Pretty much. Okay. Again, I'm gonna Listen. go with the cows. <laughs> I watched a lot of wrestling in the '90s. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, would you rather be a grizzly bear or a sea turtle? Or a what? A sea turtle. I'm gonna go with grizzly bear. Seems more dominant, safe in the woods, comfortable fur coat, as opposed to sea turtle that you know, might run into something bigger than it in the sea. Longevity of life goes to the sea turtle probably though, right? Good point. They also have California accents and surf. That's true. According okay. to Finding Nemo. I would choose the grizzly bear. Okay. Would you rather swim with a Mosasaurus or walk with a T-Rex? 
Can you uh, tell me what, what that first one is? It's it's like a giant sea. It's like thing. a shark, but so basically it has four fins on its side, so it kind of looks like an airplane with four wings instead of just two. Is this an is this a it, di- dinosaur like yeah, creature? Yeah, it was um, in the Mesozoic age, and so the early eighteen hundreds. <laughs> yep, this, this is a mosasaurus. Okay, all right. So and it's like a whale with sharp teeth. You know, with sharp teeth. And, that okay. and is what was the other one? Uh, T Rex. Walk with I a T Rex. I would choose the water. Are either of these either two way, creatures going to attack me? Yes, oh. they could if they wanted to. Um, everything you ever watch on T Rex, it never goes good. It's it always goes bad, right? Well, I'm going to go with the T-Rex, because that way, if it attacks me, I don't have to... You don't have to drown, I don't have to experience the beating and the drowning at the same time. So I'm going to go with the T-Rex. But the Mosasaurus would just swallow you, and then you'd die, and it's acid. And that's not that bad. Did Jonah die in the whale? Um, See, we serve a strong god there, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, John. Okay. What about you guys? Mosasaurus. I'd probably also choose the T-Rex. Okay. Because then I can befriend the Mosasaurus, like sea beast. You just said it's going (laughs) to swallow you. That doesn't Mm. sound like a friend. (laughs) Unless he brushes its teeth every day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll be like those fish that clean the shark. Yeah, those ones. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'd probably choose the T-Rex because if it tried to attack me, I could just... I, I'd be able, I'd be able to do something. I know I would. Okay. So good confidence. Yeah, <laughs> God is with me. So. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> um, would you rather be able to fly or be invisible? Invisible, easy. I like gravity. <laughs> you would play Aiken. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh man, that's a tough one. I guess I'll take flying. Flying would be fun to me. Okay. It's like all those times you wanted to be a fly on the wall. I know. They both have Being benefits. invisible. And I can fly. You I can, can basically... Can simmer quicker. I can see more parts of the world. Be in those places mm-hmm. that you've always wanted to be. Nobody knowing it. Would That's you why ra- we can be friends, right? So you can do that, and then I can do the flying yeah. thing. Sure. Okay. Sorry. Would you rather ride on the back of a wolf or a wa- lion? By wolf, do you mean a wolf? Yes. Okay, just 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 checking. Both of those are gonna go very bad for us. Um, I'm gonna go with the lion. You can hold on to its mane. Wolves Better have, chance of staying on. But wolves have the extra patch of skin on their neck. I know, but they're too small. I feel like I'd fall off the side. Okay. The lion would have a little bit more of a of a base. Comfortable. It's like you're riding Aslan. Okay. Again, our God is with us. <laughs> I guess I'll choose the lion as well. I, either way, I feel like I'm in trouble. <laughs> this one, so. The quicker it's done, the better. Yeah. All right, yep. How about one more, and then we'll move on to uh, questions. Okay. Um, would you rather speak every language or play every instrument? Based on what I do for a living, I would say speak every language would be kind of cool. 
I also, though, I think being able to play every instrument really well would be a fun hobby in a way to enjoy life differently. Yeah, when you asked that, I immediately was going to choose languages, which I would. I would choose languages, but the instrument became more compelling than I thought it would. But I'd go with languages. Instruments would be fun. I've always cool. wanted to be able to play the bassoon. <laughs> The bassoon? Yes. That's the one you've been wow. yeah. That's the instrument he picks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I kind of get jealous of Pastor Steve. He can just play everything by ear, you know? So he can just kind of play whatever. But before we change topics, I have two would you rathers I'd like to ask the kids. Oh, that's awesome. Let's do it. My, how the turn. <laughs> the tables. The, the tides have turned, not the tables. <laughs> I think it is the tables, John. Well, it can be both, whatever. You okay. guys can argue at home, okay? <laughs> Oh, they do. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather walk a mile with cracked shin bones or do a hundred sit-ups with a cracked tailbone? Ow. I would probably do the mile because I could crawl. Okay. Mile. Okay. I yeah. believe he specified walk. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know hard one I think I would die either way because I would break all my bones and then just die this one you wouldn't die on your your life's not in danger so it's just what pain do you want to endure would you be able to take pain medicine before you do this that you're asking way too many questions that are just too deep for the the question of would you rather okay I would still do the mile okay last one would you rather run across a field with a thousand angry rattlesnakes or run across the field with one mine? With what? One mine. One mine? Landmine. Landmine. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think I'm taking my chances with the landmine. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> landmine. How big is the field? It's like, you do know, you have a chance to again, you know, weave, weave around the rattlesnakes? <laughs> Yeah, um, I would choose the mine. I would actually yeah. choose the rattlesnakes because I could just, like, they would be all on one side if I wanted them because it's would you rather and I can imagine them. So mm. it's all my imagination. Next level. Okay. Okay. All right, with that, let's make a quick transition into pastoral mailbag. The kids have spent some time thinking through some questions, some thoughtful questions uh, for you guys. And the idea is... Just respond as simply as possible to the questions. Uh, make sure you cover the answer, but uh, make sure that, uh, you know, an 11-year-old and a 13-year-old are able to understand. Um, so we have a very deep question to start us off. How does the Greek phrase, ek tais oras tu pyrasmu in Revelation 3.10 contribute to your understanding of the chronology of the end times? And do you think that it is potentially asking too much of a simple preposition to bear the weight of such detailed doctrine? Well, when you parse it out into the original Greek, you have to compare it to the both the Latin and the, the Hebrew. And no, I, I, I got nothing. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because you don't even understand the questions. We're supposed oh, to answer the way. Oh, I, I completely understand the questions. Okay. You want your, you want my definition? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Can we read your definition. 
The Greek phrase means from the hour of testing or out of the hour of testing, although pyrasmu can also mean trial, worry, or temptation, according to LSJ. The Greek lexicon, but the full weight, hangs on the preposition ek, which could be translated as from or out of when followed by nouns in the genitive. Makes sense. It's good reading skills. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was a setup. <laughs> yeah, it was a setup. <laughs> I was going to yield to all Josh's le- years of studying the languages back in college. Let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next question, since we nailed Uh, that one. (laughs) Okay, I guess I'll be reading the next question, too. How would you define sin for us to understand? I would say sin is living for the glory of yourself over the glory of God. The most simple definition we've always been taught of sin is missing the mark. So another angle of that is that God has a standard and his standard is holiness, but we are incapable of actually hitting that. And so the visual illustration could be of a bow and arrow shooting at a target of God's glory and God's holiness, but we're actually shooting the arrow in a completely different direction. I think that's a, that's a visual that even at you know my age is always helpful because yes, missing that mark that is that is holiness, that is God, but... I think oftentimes we think of ourselves that at least we're trying to aim at the right right thing. You know, where we're attempting maybe to obey God, and, and certainly there's aspects to that that is that is true and real. But but how often, because we're not living a, a Christ or a Jesus centered life, we're, we're living that self centered life that I think at any age we can relate to, uh, just just the selfishness that we're actually aiming at the wrong things, and that's why we miss the mark. Um, which I think just also opens up our eyes to the help that we need. Um, Cause even, yes, if you have a relationship with Jesus, you're, you still have to rely on him moment by moment for, for our obedience to really begin to aim at the right things in, in life. Cause we can't do it by ourselves. Um, you guys can say thank you for your, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> what would you have told yourself when we, you were around our age to improve your spiritual life? To improve, you said? Yes. It's yes. a good question. I think one of the things that I would have told myself that I actually hold on to now is that it's worth it. As a relationship with Jesus, following Jesus at that age, um, really putting an effort into developing uh, spiritual disciplines in your life as a kid, as a, as a teenager of reading God's word, of uh, just pressing into him through uh, learning how to even pray at, at a young age. And those things are, are worth it instead of all the so many other things, whether it's friends, which relationships are important, whether it's school, whether it's, for me, athletics and achievement, uh, that those things are actually secondary to just 
pursuing Jesus at that age or as at that age. And even at any age, there's so many things just fighting for my attention or, or your attention. And, and to know that that relationship with Jesus is worth the most. I would say that with all the pressure that you'll face as 11, 13 year old, and as you get even a little older into high school, the pressure is way more significant now, I think to pursue the world compared to what I had in the 90s. But I would also tell you that it's worth saying no to things in the world and yes to the Lord because what will happen in your life is you'll look back in the review mirror of life and you'll realize, man, I, I might have a lot of regret for decisions that I made where if you say yes to the Lord, um, there's gonna be a, a deeper joy and a gratitude uh, for that. And so I would also, if I can go, if I, if I, could tell myself at 13 and 11 what I know now, what I know now as a 40 year old, I would, I would want to know that my value to God is not based on what I do or don't do. Thank you guys. You're welcome. What's a time in your life that you have most clearly seen God's presence? Yeah, I mean, there's there's several for me. Um, you know, I uh, oh probably almost uh, it'll be twelve, twelve years ago. I lost my dad, and so it's been twelve years. It'll be twelve years in September, and so there's certainly incredible darkness from from that season of, of losing my my dad and and just even the aftermath of asking God why um, and not really knowing or always believing you know that that it was a that was right or or just or or good for me um, or or I think of my mom or my other other siblings to to lose my dad or, or seeing a dad who actually loved Jesus and served the Lord, why wouldn't it have been a good thing for him to, to continue for, for years and years here, here on earth. Um, but at the same time, there were uh, see, just different seasons in that time where God just opened my eyes really to uh, a deeper and, and greater sense of the good news of the gospel and how, how good he still is. Um, and even just strength to to get through some of those moments right after my my dad died. Um, I've gone through nothing crazy that that other people have gone through, but just a, a health crisis probably five or six years ago, where I was laid up in bed for over a month, and and yet the Lord really drove me in those moments of of desperation to to my knees to to really be completely dependent on Him. Sadly. I'm not always as dependent when you're not in that crisis. And, and so really even there's that, that, that conviction in my own life to, to find that desperation and of wanting God to move and, and act, not just in uh, the hard times, but really just in the day-to-day -day routines of life to, to desire to see him move. Um, and then there was, there was a time, well, I can't even four or five years ago, we actually lost our house in a fire. 
And it was a really interesting in the matter of 12 hours after losing our, our house and our home and, and it was just possessions, everyone was safe, um, where God turned a story of why did we just lose all this stuff um, to asking the question, actually, why did we receive all of this stuff? Because there was an outpouring from our church, from our community, from our school, um, where God turned a a story of lost stuff really to a story of grace. And we actually received more than we deserved. And so whether it was loss of a loved one, uh, physical trial, or really loss of possessions, it's been in those kind of three defining moments in our lives where, where God really was seen and, and really moved on our behalf that we can testify to. I'll share quickly three. One was when I was done with Bible college and I was serving as a youth pastor, it was probably aged around 24, 25 that the gospel actually became incredibly more clear to me than ever in my life. And that was like a light bulb going off. So that was a a moment for me that I just felt like God was meeting me and helping me understand a little bit better who he is. I would say secondly, when before we planted Redemption Church, I was in North Carolina and coming home to plant Redemption, like in that season, I just really needed God's presence to know like, hey, is this something that I'm I'm doing? Like I, I need your help to forget clarity. And there's a lot of different ways that I, we experienced his presence, I would say. And some of those were conversations and confirmation of other pastors and other people and other family members. Um, everyone was sharing the same thing um, that we should do this. And then I would say, thirdly, during my wife's battle with cancer, came back four different times over seven years. There were specific moments um, when she was having a bone marrow transplant. We stayed at the hospital for a month uh, like at three in the morning, I'd just be hanging out with God because that's when the hospital floor was finally quiet and just like finding God's presence even in those places the, that are hard in life, so. Thank you. What's one question you would want a clear answer from God on? Mine's more probably general because um, it, would, it would certainly depend on your season of life or, or your context. But, you know, I even even shared just a moment ago, like asking the questions, why God? you know, why, why did my dad die? Why did I, you know, suffer health? You know, we can all, no matter what we've faced in our lives, ask the question why, but the really how God has been moving in my life. He's actually not moved. I haven't moved past asking the question why I'm still asking why. Um, but I find myself more often asking the question, uh, to God, how, and so even in the, in the different, uh, maybe hardships that you face with relationships or or school or uh, really, you know, in our own sanctification, battling sin in our lives. It's like, okay, how? How do I overcome this trial? Or how do I change? Or, or how can you, you change this area of my, my life? How can you strengthen this weakness? Um, because I think there's, a settling in my heart of, of why, um, as far as just God in his redemptive history and plan, bringing glory to himself and uh, really for, for the good of his people and his 
the mission that he is on to, to save his people and and really in the end make all things new for, for his glory. I, I think big picture, I can understand why, even though there's certainly um, smaller pictures in my life that that not having the answer why is not good enough, that I still want that from, from God, but, but it's really how, and probably specifically how, how do I change or, or how do we, we change um, the, the weakest areas or the weaknesses in, in my, my life to really develop a more consistency in my, my walk with the Lord that it's different for each of us that that, that doesn't have to be a, a struggle anymore. God. So, so how can you change that? How can you strengthen my weaknesses? How do I get through this, this day? How do I overcome that temptation? Um, and so it's just a real, in a general sense, um, just how, how God, how, how do we, how do we do this thing called life? I don't know. I don't know specifically what's the one thing I would want clarity on, right? That's the question if I'm remembering, right? Um, I know I'd like to see God more accurately. So how can that happen? Because I think that would empower me to wanna know him more. Um, Humanly speaking, I would love to see what he saw when Steph was going through her canceled battle, her battle with cancer. I'd love to see his sovereignty. Like, give me clarity on what you saw as to why you allowed certain things to happen, right? Because we know that he's using all things for his glory and the good of those who love him. So I think that would be a fun a fun thing to know, to get to get answers on. But I also know like those are kind of selfish things like that once I know the answer, what does it really help me necessarily? So it's like, so I, I feel like I'd have a deeper question if I had more time to think about it that, that I'd want clarity on. But that's an interesting point where it's like if if God really gave a clear answer to to the questions that we have would what would it change for us? You just wasted your question. <laughs> <laughs> your one question and you 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 just wasted it. Um but no, I, I think that's interesting. Like what would it even change the way we respond, we act our wants? You guys are way more spiritual than I am cuz I'd go with something like why do hot dogs come in packages of 10 and hot dog buns come in packages of eight? Um, That'd be a big waste of a question. Yeah, <laughs> it probably would. Uh, but it is one of those deep mysteries of life that I think you just have to trust that the Lord is sovereign on. Is it really a mystery? There are many hot dog packs that come in eights, not tens. Are there? Yes. Maybe I got it reversed. Do hot dog buns come in packages of 10 then? No, I think hot dog buns are eight. And there's hot dogs that are. I think they just soup. come in increments of four, so eight, twelve, sixteen. Okay. But you can go to the Royal Dutch Bakery, which is you know the family comes to Redemption Church, and they'll sell you individual buns, so you can get exactly the number you want. Wow. So that mystery is now solved for you. It Next question. Solved. I'm God. Keep asking. <laughs> Advertisements. Yep. Uh, I might have also gone, and I remember asking my dad this question when I was young. Uh, why did God create lions if they were just going to eat people? So, uh, when's a lion ever ate a person? Uh, are you serious? Have you not seen the ghost in the darkness? Oh, there it is. <laughs> that was not intentional, but it is time for our disclaimer. <laughs> uh, here it is. The previously cited movie is not endorsed by Redemption Church or its leadership. 
It has not been checked for inappropriate or offensive content and should be engaged with at the consumer's own risk. I had no idea how we were going to fit that in, but it just it, it, it came so naturally. So, The question I have is, what would you guys want to ask God to get more clarity on? Oh, that's good. Before we end. I think my life is fine the way it is, and I don't think I really need any more clarity. I have you a loving family. Him, you get one free ask. You're not going to even take it? No. What did Jesus do for three days after, between when he died and when he rose again? Well, I feel like I know everything that I need to know in my life right now. So, that's, I don't know. That's, that's contentment right there. Yeah. At its finest. I'm, I'm, Justin's I'm certainly little, not there. I'm a little <laughs> jealous of your, of your contentment. Where did you get the... Like the idea of creation, because you're—it was just a void. Like, where did he get the idea of creating us? But was there even a void? Because he created out of nothing, so there wasn't even anything. There, I don't even know that there was a void. I know, so that's kind of confusing. I know. And it, I don't those kind of questions just start it. to make your head spin, don't they? Yeah. So please don't continue. But this. I like that question, <laughs> though. Well, Genesis. like an all-knowing, an all-knowing God, like. The idea and the intricacy. There was, yeah. Genesis does say that the earth was, was formless, formless and void. Yeah. Now you do have something there. There's darkness. Darkness covers the face of the, the earth. earth. So there's an aspect um, of earth that. Anyway, well, we might talk about this in a series. Or oh, later. That would be good. So the earth was there before earth was there. No, I'm not saying the earth was there before earth was there. But you know, if you're gonna lean into the God created out of nothing, which the we earth, would... The earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So the earth was without form and void. So it's not necessarily... Right. There's something, but it's not. Yeah. But he would have had to... Create, create that something, something out of nothing yes. to get to a formless and void earth. But yeah, I mean, where did the idea or the inspiration to create anything come from? But I think, I don't know if this is part of your question as well, John, like just the idea of DNA, like how, how do you come up with that? I, I mean, how do you, you just look at the beauty and complexity and all well, that. And when did creation. DNA, when, when did that become a thing? Was that in the 80s? Just as far as when it was kind yeah, of discovered yeah, yeah, at, like we, so at, at its deep level that it, it is. Yeah, so when they can solve crime and stuff, they can do DNA testing differently now than they've ever been able to do it. And you think about that's a, that existed from the beginning, but God didn't allow it to be known until whenever that was. It was within our lifetime. Yeah. Which is, which is wild to think about. It is. And I, this is probably another podcast, but it makes me wonder if there are all kinds of other things that we just live blissfully unaware of, like DNA for how many thousands of years that... Absolutely true. We live forever without the World Wide Web. Yeah. <laughs> the world, you mean WWW, <laughs> as Justin tried to explain in the pre-service I, show? I did try to explain, you know... <laughs> <laughs> Everybody likes that rhythm of how it comes comes out. WWW. I don't When you get to the third one, you're yeah. not even saying W, right? Yeah. I'm just glad you didn't start with HTTP colon slash <laughs> backslash <laughs> next time. Yep. Uh, well, I think that's all the time we have uh, on our show here. We want to thank our special guests, John and Abby, as well you're as welcome. our regular guests. 
Justin and Josh. Uh, if you have any questions, we'd love to interact with those questions. Just send us an email at info at redemptionmi.org. You can also connect with us on social media, which would be redemptionmi at fa- on Facebook or Redemption Church MI on Instagram. Or, or www.redemptionmi.org. I really appreciate the enunciation on that. That was well done. Uh, and in case you're really old-fashioned, what precedes the www? H-T-T-P. I don't even know. Colon, is it, I can't remember it's, if it's slash or backslash. Is it, is it multiple backslashes? It's two. Yeah. Two, I think. In any case, if you're communicating with us that way... H-T-T-P, le- mine as S, semicolon, backslash, backslash, into it. Oh, the Niner. S stands for secure, so it is a more new. secure okay, that in, web transport protocol. Maybe that's another podcast we can do on how HTTP works to, anyway. All um, these things that nobody cares about. Yeah, I would be surprised if anybody is still listening at this point. But uh, We're going to go to your all gone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, thanks for joining us. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.